Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Handle Your Scandal, the podcast, a millennial podcast that provides tips and tricks for listeners to handle their scandal, aka balancing their own busy lives and getting the hell out of their own way. I'm your host, Mara Watkins, and today's episode... Well, first of all, happy 420. If you're listening to this, it is 420, so happy 420 if that's something you celebrate. But for today's episode, we have a trailblazer in Nevada cannabis and just cannabis in general, in my opinion, Ariel Williams. Um, So Ariel is, well, if her name sounds familiar, it's actually because she was on episode two. Her and I and our friend Jasmine, we were road tripping back from LA to Vegas and we had a little makeshift episode that was really fun. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and listen to that. But she is the founder of the Cannabis Law Society at UNLV Boyd School of Law, volunteer of Normal, and a previous guest, like I mentioned. So welcome, Ariel. Welcome back to Handle Your Scandal. Thanks for coming again. Hi, Mara. Thank you for so much for having me on your podcast for the second time. It is truly an honor to be here. Um, I... Like you said, uh, everyone go watch episode two with Jasmine. That was actually a funny episode. (laughs) And um, yeah, I look forward to chatting with you today. Same. I feel like we haven't caught up in a minute. Personally, you know, it's that time of the semester where everything gets super crazy. So I'm super excited to talk to you and also to learn about cannabis law and cannabis in general. Me personally, I'm not too knowledgeable about it, so I'm super excited for this episode. So besides all of that, what have you been up to lately, Ariel? Let's talk. Wow, that's a great question. I think (laughs) I always say that's my favorite thing to say. But um, what have I been up to lately? I, throughout the stay-at-home order, I've been just working to finish school off on a strong note, uh, finish my internship off on a strong note. Those are all going to be ending over. Um, I've also had the opportunity to watch a lot of TV, probably the most TV I've watched in a while, or probably in my life, I'm not sure. Uh, and I've been reading a lot lately as well, and tons of different self-care activities. So it's been a, it's been a quite a fun quarantine, some days, other days. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm actually surprised. I haven't been watching more TV, but I've never really been a big TV person. As you know, I'm more of like a podcast, social media, blog, like just learning how to do stuff on that because I have more free time now. But yeah, I'm definitely excited. Later, we're going to be talking about what you've been watching. But right now, we're going to just talk about, you know, as I said, it's 420 today. Well, if they're listening to this, well, Hold on. (laughs) If they're listening to this the day it comes out, it's 420. And if not, they want to know about 420 knowledge anyway. So anyways, happy 420. Um, Do you celebrate 420? Happy 420 to you as well, Mara. Um, Well, this year we are supposed to be uh, celebrating by electing a new e-board for the Cannabis Law Society. And we are supposed to have our bar review. Um, But that obviously wasn't isn't going to happen due to COVID-19. But I this year I'll be celebrating 420 at school, Zoom University. (laughs) Uh, Mondays are really my busiest days and 420 happens to fall on a Monday this year. So Uh, same. And I (laughs) right and I have class from 9 1030 to 9. So I'll be booked and busy. Oh, no. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's not it. It really is not it. But, um, you know, anything for school. But there are going to be a tons of different virtual concerts and educational panels and events like, you know, online. So I do hope to tune into some of those, especially if they're discussing like any legal developments or advocacy work, anything like that. Wow, that I feel like that is a big injustice that you have class from like 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. or 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Sorry, I forgot already, but this just sounds like that's just a lot. But props to you um, for trying to finish the school year strong. Me personally, I am struggling in that department, but I always get it together the last two weeks. So I'm, I'm, I'm right on time to start getting it together right now. But yeah, that sounds really interesting and exciting. Um, definitely, I want to know more about that. Um, you know, obviously, I'll be talking to you on the day that this comes out. So I'm going to be asking you, what do you think I should tune into? But let's learn a little bit more about you. So I know you're originally from L.A., and you did undergrad in Texas. Um, I'm not really sure of the city. And now you're in law school in Vegas. Can you tell me about that? Which one? I don't want to say which one you like more because I feel like just like me in San Diego, like I love both. But there's definitely different cultures in each city. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I um, I did undergrad in Austin, Texas. And it was actually where my grandparents live, so it was not a bad transition for me, but I moved away when I was 17, and so I honestly did not like Texas when I first moved <laughs> there. I was like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? I just moved to the country, and now I can't, I'm stuck. And But it didn't take long for me to like find my community and grow to love the city, and now Austin will always have a special place in my heart. Um, but I love doing undergrad there. It was, it was definitely life changing. I feel like undergrad is like probably some of the best years of your life. So, uh, I definitely had some of the best years of my life there. And, um, I would say law school in Vegas. Yes. So I chose to come here for law school. Another great decision. I would say the cities are different. Uh, Austin, Texas, uh, it's humid. It's Texas. So that the weather is probably not the best especially in the summer, but the slogan for Austin is keep Austin weird. So that should tell us a little bit about the city. Uh, but for the South, Austin is, is more so liberal, uh, but Southern, Southern hospitality is a thing there. And I love, absolutely love that about Austin and moving to Texas. And it, but it's still the South, if, if you know what I mean by that. And, Girl, um, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, in LA, you know, home is where the heart is. I grew up in LA and I loved it. You know, I. Uh, but no, LA is really like a, mo- a melting pot. You know, people from different backgrounds and walks of life. You have beaches along the coast. You have good weather. It's just all around a beautiful place with beautiful people until you experience traffic. And it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> it takes you an hour and a half to get to go 10 miles. But. Um, and then Vegas, um, Vegas is, it's Sin City. I mean, it's a place where you can drink all day and night, gamble all day and night, buy legal weed, entertain many other vices that one may have. Um, it's just, 
the city of duality. I mean, by day you get your stuff done and you're a boss, and then by night it's like wherever the wind blows. So it's like every city is just different. Like you said, like you really can never just pick which one you like best. But I think I definitely love it here. Yes, that's, you know, you know what I mean? Like, as well, I haven't been to three different cities. I've only been to two. But, you know, where you do undergrad is always going to have a special place in your heart just because, you know, that's kind of when you come to who you are as a person. I mean, obviously, you know, we're individuals who are always growing and changing. But I do feel that the place that you do undergrad does have this like, major impact on how you develop into your adulthood or early adulthood if that makes sense so what do you like I mean you talked about each thing that the cities have but like what do you like really like about the cultures the different cultures in each city expand on that a little bit yeah so I mean going back to LA it's just just the melting pot of it all like I think you know, you have little Ethiopia you have just all these little towns and different cultures everywhere you can eat all these yummy different foods just by driving 10 minutes down the street. It's, well, maybe not 10 minutes, but it's, it's just a great city in that regards and beautiful people everywhere. And I definitely miss it sometimes, but LA is just way too expensive for me. And I don't always fit in. So, I mean, I don't really fit in anywhere, but I'm, no, I'm, di- I give it I'm digressing. <laughs> I'm digressing. But I, um, Austin is, is, uh, a unique culture it's considered the live music capital so they have events like south by southwest uh austin city limits which is like a big music festival and they have other live music events so it's always fun and they contribute to the culture of the city um there's also a lot of outdoorsy things to do there's actually um a lake and you know hiking trails and things like that so austin and texas in general is just a great city and you have houston and Uh, Dallas not too far away and about Vegas I think I love about what I love about Vegas is that there's always something to do here for the most part like literally whenever you want to do something I'm sure there's something you can do if you know the right people and so I lived here very true very true yeah so I've lived here for almost two years now and I've barely scratched the surface of everything the city has to offer so I'm really just excited to kind of spread my wings here as I continue to you know establish myself and if you have any recommendations you know just send those my way because you're the blogger here (laughs) girl I'm gonna be so honest with you I tell people this all the time I'm still figuring out Vegas and you know, as I mentioned, I came into adulthood in San Diego. So like if you go to San Diego, girl, I got the list for everything, every vibe you're trying to achieve. I have a whole recommendation. But in Vegas, I'm still figuring it out. So maybe once this is all over, we can figure it out together because I'm trying to be the local that people can ask. And right now, the only thing I can personally recommend is brunch in a couple places downtown. That, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> But yeah, we'll definitely do some exploring after uh, we can come out of our shells. And uh, I'm excited for that, too, because I had a similar experience. Like in L.A., I don't know of anything that's going on because I, I came into adulthood in Austin. So people are like, oh, what are the best bars? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'm learning, too. Every time I go back, I discover, you know, new places. Too, so it's always nice for that. Yeah, slowly but surely. Same for me. Um, you know, law school makes it kind of hard for me to do that, but, um, we're almost done. So (laughs) speaking of which, 
what sparked your interest in cannabis law? I feel like, you know, I don't remember when it specifically became legalized, but I feel like it was either right before we started Boyd or right after we started at Boyd. So tell me about that experience and how you decided to, you know, dive more into cannabis law. Yeah. So in 2017, I still lived in Austin at this point and I was, I was applying to law schools. And so I started to see all over the television, like mainstream television, like ABC, CNN, different segments on the legal cannabis industry and the green rush, quote unquote. Um, And so I was intrigued. I was like, okay, um, this is weird. Why are they showing all this weed all over the TV? Like you just never would have thought you'd see that. And so I was, um, it was around the time Vegas legalized weed, which was in July of 2017, or at least when they started selling it. And so um, I was working to become a law student at this time. I was studying for the LSAT and uh, getting ready to take it. And so I knew I wanted to be involved in the legal industry somehow. So cannabis law had always been in the back of my mind. I just never like kind of was out upfront about that because it was it, it was kind of taboo, uh, depending on who you talk to. So I uh, I just didn't know really what it would look like until I moved to Vegas and really just started seeing the legal industry, you know, itself. You can tell from the way I asked the question that I did not know that we legalized it in 2017. So thanks for that. I don't personally indulge in it at this point in my life. So you mentioned, you know, applying to law school and all of that. Where did you go to undergrad and what made you decide that you wanted to go to law school? So I went to undergrad at uh, St. Edwards University in Austin, Texas. It's a Catholic liberal arts university, so it was, you know, about finding your purpose and, you know, contributing positive, positively contributing to the world and, you know, all those great things. So it was it was a great experience. And um, I majored in psychology because I was always intrigued by, you know, philosophical kind of well, not really philosophical, but like the human mind and how we make decisions and things like that and how we just grow to become who we are today. And so um, I ultimately, when I came into college, I wanted to get a dual degree, a JD and a PhD. But in the end, I decided to just pursue law school first and see where that route would take me. And it was probably one of my best decisions uh, that I've made because the law is always, you know, a fun thing to learn about. And so I'm having a really fun time in law school right now for the most part. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think now that we're, you know, at the end of 2L going on to 3L, I am having fun too, but it definitely wasn't fun at first. (laughs) So how did you decide to go to law school in Vegas? I mean, this is a pretty unique city, as you know. So when you were doing that process, how did you decide to come to Vegas? Yeah, so I... In that process, I knew everyone always said, uh, you should apply to law school or you want to ultimately practice. So I said, okay, I know either I want to live in Texas or live in California. And so I, Vegas was kind of like the middle ground between the two because Vegas is really close to LA where I'm from. And so I just decided, okay, I would apply to Vegas. And so ultimately I got accepted and they gave me a nice scholarship package and, you know, money talks. Hello, money talks, bullshit walks. 
<laughs> so, um, like, just weighing those, uh, you know, factors. And then I also knew, like, okay, they have legal weed in Vegas, so there's opportunities for me to learn more about the legal cannabis industry and what attorneys do there. So I said, and then I visited, and I just fell in love and envisioned myself living here. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'm going to school in Vegas. It's it's a done deal. And it was, like I said, another one of my best decisions because this, this has been a wild ride here, and I, I, I've met some great people along the way, so I'm very grateful. I am so happy that you came to Vegas and decided that you loved it because I literally cannot picture my law school experience without you or Boyd's campus culture without you. Oh, I feel like, so <laughs> no, for real. I feel like you're a really good person to have, you know, in your circle as well as just on your campus in general. Like, I feel like even people who don't know you, like, and by know you, I mean interact with you. Like, I feel like they still know that, like, you have, I feel like you have good vibes, but that's just me personally. But yeah, so you started the Cannabis Law Society at our school. Tell me what that process was like, because I feel like starting a whole new organization is hard or at least challenging in some way. Well, first, I did my research uh, like most people do when they're, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what steps they want to take. And so I saw that there were other student organizations at other law schools geared towards cannabis um, or marijuana, depending on, you know, what you want to call it. And so at Boy, we had nothing not even a class. And it was surprising to me because we actually have legal, legal medical and adult use markets. So I was appalled that schools in states where cannabis had not yet been legalized, had classes and student orgs, and they were just ahead of the game. And one of those law schools was Chicago Kent. And so they had an established student organization, classes, and they hosted great informative educational events. And so I had a conversation with the founder of the cannabis, the original Cannabis Law Society, Samantha, Samantha Kramer, and we instantly clicked. Uh, our values aligned and we were basically on a similar mission, you know, to educate ourselves and educate our, our peers about the legal cannabis industry and the opportunities that are there for, you know, attorneys. And so um, I knew I had to try to do something like that at Boyd. So after finding that evidence, I went to the Dean of Student Affairs and asked if I could start a cannabis law club at Boyd. And he kind of laughed and he kind of chuckled. He's like, I don't see why not. And so after that, you know, subtle stamp of approval, I went through the formal process with SBA. You have to find a board. Uh, you have to find, a, a, I think, about 10 members and uh, fill out an application to submit to the Student Bar Association. So after a few weeks of crossing my T's and dotting my I's, um, I received a message that we were approved by SBA, which is the, the governing student body, uh, to be an official student organization, and the rest is history. So it was, it was, a, it was a great journey. Wow. Obviously, I know we don't have cannabis law classes or that we didn't have the org, but I never really thought about it, even though it was legalized once we started law school. You bring up a good point as to why nobody jumped on that. But, you know, maybe it's because this is part of your legacy and who you needed to be at Boyd. So we love that. Um, how hmm, how do I want to say was it well received by faculty and others, or have you had some pushback? You know, you don't have to say too much because, you know, we can't say too much as law students. But, you know, give me a little bit about that. 
Yeah, no, honestly, it seemed to be well-received. I mean, we received good feedback from the deans. We also um, have hosted educational events where students could learn from um, legislators and attorneys who actually work in the industry and on these issues. So, you know, it we, we had good turnout at those events, too. So I think it was well-received. And and nobody explicitly expressed their disapproval to me, but um, you know, I would assume that some people don't approve or were indifferent based on the federal illegal status of marijuana and misinformation surrounding cannabis. But honestly, like many people say, it doesn't seem like the industry is going away anytime soon. You know, hemp is now legal at the federal level, and more states are continuing to implement regulatory structures for medical and or adult use marijuana in their state. So we might as well be on top of that. And if I can help with that, it, it would be my pleasure. So I, I think it's really been great to learn, you know, with my peers and kind of spread what I'm learning to others. Yeah, so I'm super glad to hear that it's well-received. I mean, I figured it is just because, you know, I'm a student too and I don't really hear too much about it. But, you know, just the demographics of Vegas, I'm sure there are some people who feel some type of way about it, but what can they do? You know, it's legal and like you said, it's definitely not going anywhere. If anything, I feel like it's going to become more popularized as the years go on, so we might as well get ahead of that train. But yeah, so I know that you're super involved in Nevada's cannabis industry because obviously I'm your friend and I see all that you do, but I guess I don't really know exactly what it is that you do. Our listeners would be super interested in hearing about that. So tell me, what is your involvement in Nevada's cannabis industry? So when I first moved here, I already knew I had my eyes set on the industry, but I didn't really know what, how to get involved, what was my end. So the first semester, I was very chill. I focused on school all around. I didn't get involved in any clubs or organizations, um, but um, I actually started to kind of, you know, meddle around in about November of 2018. And that was when the Law Journal hosted a symposium on uh, their white paper about um, tourists basically smoking in hotel rooms because they have nowhere else to smoke. And so there's just a, a ton of issues that, uh, you know, that we're learning about as the industry continues to grow here in Nevada. So their white paper kind of highlight, highlighted that. And uh, when I was at the symposium, uh, I met, I had the opportunity to meet an alumna from Boyd who was actively involved in the industry here. And I connected with her, uh, networked, you know, network, network. <laughs> I connected with her, got her a card, and uh, I let her know I was interested in kind of learning more about the industry. And ultimately, that led me to securing my first job with a law firm who specialized in cannabis law. So that was exciting. Um, and then in February of last year, that's when I really started to kind of put my boots on the ground. And I started volunteering with Las Vegas Normal, which is a, a nonprofit uh, advocacy group here in Las Vegas that advocates on behalf of uh, medical patients and uh, responsible consumers. And so... Um, that was, you know, one of the best decisions I could have made because I've learned so much and um, I was able to establish a sense of community outside of law school. And so from advocating and lobbying at the state and federal level, um, hosting educational meetings and events, moderating a few panels at conferences, uh, I mean, my involvement with Las Vegas Normal has really helped me spread my wings. So I I'm forever grateful for those opportunities. 
And it's been it's been a great experience overall. Like I said, we've been hosting um, events at school, and I hope to really do more. You know, COVID nineteen is kind of stopping a little bit of my bag, but <laughs> I think listen, that- listen, honestly, truly, it needs to it needs to go. Like honestly, yes, it does. Because there are going to be some great things planned, but you know, in due time, we do plan to kind of make some things happen over the next uh, months or year we have the time we have of law school so we'll see but exciting things are happening so that's why I'm like I tell everyone come with me come get involved because it's exciting it's fun stuff you know no definitely that one event um Bolsa went to that normal hosted with you yes for Black History Month um I really enjoyed that event a lot I definitely went into it not really knowing what to expect, um, just because, you know, I haven't really been that involved, except for another panel that you did at school with some of the attorneys. That's like the only other Cannabis Law Society event I had went to, so I didn't really know what to expect, but it was such a good event, and I really enjoyed it so much, so I was really grateful that, um, you know, you encouraged us to go. Otherwise, I probably would have been like, oh, I'll see, but no, I was really happy that I went. So speaking of the industry, so what would you say is the biggest misconception in the industry for newcomers? Yeah, so I would consider myself a newcomer for the most part. And I would say one misconception is that it's going to be easy or an easy walk in the park to get involved or that people make tons of money, uh, you know, being involved in cannabis. And both of those are just not true at all. Uh, (laughs) First, marijuana is still illegal at the federal level. So federal and state laws conflict, which makes it really difficult, actually, to navigate these waters. And not to mention, there's so much turbulence in the industry, and it's a highly regulated industry. And you know, you're in immigration law. I'm I'm taking admin law this semester. So we're both getting a glimpse at how complicated administrative law is and the complexity surrounding establishing and enforcing enforcing regulations so as a result of this um, it's extremely costly to remain in compliance and uh, especially if you're not doing a good job (laughs) and um, it it really varies by uh, you know what part of the industry you're in but especially for businesses that touch the plant it's extremely costly to keep afloat I mean from licensing fees to daily operating expenses it just takes millions of dollars uh, to succeed in this industry. So I'm really not sure, um, you know, who's profiting really. Uh, But one of the fun things about all of this is that we really are all learning together. And, um, but most importantly, I I really recommend most, I recommend everyone to learn about the industry and if they're interested to get involved, especially if it's an ancillary business or a support business for the cannabis industry, like an attorney or an accountant or like a merch line or something of that nature. There's just so much room for opportunity here because it's a new industry and then you can grow with it. And I think as the industry continues to establish establish itself on a global and international level, that opportunity will grow exponentially. So I think, you know, there's definitely some difficulties that lay with this industry, but there's also, you know, you want to take a risk. So why not? 
That definitely makes sense. I remember at the Black History Month normal event we went to, one of the panelists was talking about how expensive it is to just, you know, keep yourself in compliance with all the things. So I definitely think that's important for people to know if they do want to venture into the industry. So I'm glad that you brought that up. But yeah, you mentioned that people need to be educated if they do want to enter the industry. So what do you recommend for people looking to get involved or learning more about the cannabis industry? Whether that's books, magazines, mailing lists, podcasts, documentaries, etc. What what do you think they should be looking into? Well, I mean, there's really a lot of different information out there on cannabis and the industry. And so it really just depends on your interests, what you want to learn, how you want to get involved. And but it would really hurt to start with learning the science of cannabis, learning about, you know, just the plant and where it originates from uh, and also why cannabis was deemed illegal in the first place. I think those are great places to start and kind of guiding someone, you know, kind of to explore their interests. But for me, I'm really interested in the regulations, the laws, and the legalization developments. So I read a lot of statutes, especially for work, news articles um, from Marijuana Moment. That's probably one of my favorite websites. Uh, Marijuana Business Daily, they talk about kind of the business development. Hemp Business Daily, they talk about the business developments in the hemp industry. Um, But if your listeners just reach out to me and share their interests, I can definitely point them in the, the right direction if they you know, have an idea, but don't really know where to start. All right, y'all heard her, everybody. She volunteered herself. (laughs) So I'm definitely going to put her information in the show notes. It's also in show notes of episode two, if you want to go back and listen to that or look at that. So yeah, now that it's becoming more popular, the resources available to learn about it are just only going to grow. Would you agree with that? Yes, most definitely, because people, you know, we love to, we have Google, we love to kind of soak up information, and people, that's how, you know, businesses and companies gain clientele, they, they spread information, and then they build rapport with their customers, and then, you know, the, it just goes on and on and on, so I think, yes, there is definitely a lot of information out there, some of it is definitely going to be biased, and then some of it is going to be, you know, objective, so you definitely want to go for the objective research when it comes uh, to this industry, but there's, there's a ton of it out there. Do you have any personal favorites that just come off the top of your head? If I ask you, like what's something that you've watched or read about cannabis or cannabis law that really stuck out to you by any chance? Yeah. I mean, I think I actually have had the opportunity to read a lot about cannabis over the past few months because I've been writing Pretty much every paper that I have to write for school, I try to incorporate cannabis in some way. So I I actually just started, uh, well, not just, I just finished um, writing my student note on social equity in the cannabis industry. So that was probably one of my most fun, excite, my most fun ex- assignments because I was able to read about, you know, the developments, how each state, how each state is trying to kind of remedy the past effects of prohibition or how they're trying to get people who have been negatively impacted by the war on drugs involved in the cannabis industry. And there's also been companies who have been, you know, actively involved in those initiatives as well. So that's been pretty cool to read about because I am, I guess you can say I'm social justice oriented. 
So I, I love that, you know, people are coming together to find solutions uh, to the problems that we face, especially when it pertains to the industry, because it, it kind of comes from a troubled past. So, but like I said, um, Marijuana Moment is probably one of my favorite sites when it comes to cannabis news, because he, he's, he's been in this industry for a long time and he posts, he's very knowledgeable and he, he posts uh, like pretty much every single legal development, what politicians are involved, what, what they're doing, what they're saying. So it's, it's really informative. So if you were wanted to start anywhere, I would definitely say go there. Thank you for the recommendation, Ariel. I think our listeners who are super interested in the industry will really appreciate it. But aside from marijuana, you know, I feel like you're someone who like when I look on your Instagram stories, you're always reading a good book. Um, so what are you currently reading right now? So right now, because we're in quarantine and life is kind of slowed down, kind of, uh, I'm reading a few different books and it depends on the day and my mood for which books I actually decide to pick up that day. But I've been going back and forth to women who run with the wolves for months now. It's a pretty dense and philosophical read. So there's always a lot to unpack, but I always seem to pick it up at the right time. So that's, um... That's always nice. Um, I'm also reading The Mastery of Love. Um, For book club, I'm reading The Most Powerful Woman in the Room is You. And my friend just gifted me a book that I started, um, Ask, and it is given. Uh, So my book choices are kind of telling right now, but I'm definitely taking full advantage of this uh, quarantine to read more and continue working on personal development, something I've kind of neglected, especially uh, you know, law school is busy, and this is one of my busiest semesters. I've, I was always on the go before we weren't, so. <laughs> we all were, right? In a way, this is kind of like a collective, not a pause. I wouldn't say pause because some people literally don't even have that option. But I do think that as a society, we were super focused on productivity, and it's a good, this has been a good, like, eye-opener to some of us to just slow the hell down, if that makes sense. Um, I'm actually really interested in a lot of those books that you said, so I'm going to hit you up after this episode is done recording and ask you about them. So um, be on the lookout for a text from me because they all sound super interesting. So aside from these books, have you, you know, you mentioned that we have all this free time. Is there something new that you've discovered that you're like obsessed with during this time? So I haven't really discovered anything new these past few weeks uh, because I've been inside for the most part but right now because I mainly stick to cooking at home I'm obsessed with looking at food Instagram profiles (laughs) so dedicated to anything food related related whether it's plant-based recipes or aesthetically pleasing restaurant food I I just I can literally scroll all day I I can't but I would like to sometimes (laughs) No, listen, I feel you on that. I feel like now that we aren't able to leave our houses, food's definitely become more of an important part of my day, if that makes sense. Like, I used to just meal prep whatever was easiest to meal prep and just eat it to survive. But I feel like now I've had the chance to actually enjoy things and try cooking new things. Like, today I was looking up how to poach an egg because... Eggs Benedict is like my favorite brunch item and I should know how to make it, right? And also, is it holidays? Holidays? I don't listen, y'all. Yes, I think it's holidays. I don't know. (laughs) 
listen, I'm studying law, not linguistics. So if you're one of those people, please don't attack me. <laughs> but I've been trying to learn how to poach an egg and make that sauce, which actually I didn't know was so simple. It's literally just egg, lemon, and something else that's escaping me. But that sounds super cool. What accounts are you like, what account do you see yourself like following or looking at the most that's like food aesthetic? Because I love a good aesthetic, you know, I'm a Libra moon. So so I don't know them off the top of my head, but I definitely stalk all of like the Instagram Las Vegas food pages. <laughs> so I'm just like hoping that one of them posts like something good. And I'm just like, okay, I have to go here after quarantine is over. But like anything that is geared toward the Las Vegas restaurant or like those foodie pages, I kind of look at that because I, I love to eat, go out to eat. So once this is over, maybe I'll, go out to eat. I don't know when I'm going to go outside after this, but hopefully I'm going to go out to eat and eat something really delicious. Listen, y'all, Ariel is the queen of the happy hour with the drinks and the, the food specials. Like anytime you need a suggestion, she has you because she's always eating somewhere yummy, drinking something that looks tasty. And I know as soon as this is over, well, not as soon, you know, we got to let other people get that first batch of non-quarantine air to make sure it's safe. But I know once everything goes back to whatever normal is going to look like after this, she's going to be finding a happy hour and I'm going to be on her Instagram trying to figure out where she at and asking her what to eat after she's gone there. So, you know, earlier we mentioned how life was so much more fast paced before this. So tell me, before this, and I guess now, because I'm sure you're still busy, right? How do you handle your scandal, aka balance your busy life? So, like you said, before this, I definitely incorporated balance by going to some of my favorite happy hours. <laughs> I do really love happy hour. It's like the best. <laughs> but I, um, how do I handle my scandal? I sleep I sleep. I am not my best self without at least six to eight hours of sleep a night. It's just, I like to sleep. I also commit to taking care of my body, whether that's eating well or moving my body some way, somehow, some physical activity, um, and taking care of my mind, whether that's, a, you know, writing in my journal, gratitude list, uh, self-reflection, or just expanding my mind by way of some non-law school related materials. And, um, that's pretty much it. You know, balance is really an art and some days are be better than others, but every day is pretty much a fresh start, you know, for me to just figure out how I'm going to balance the day. Yeah, that's definitely true. I would say that balancing your life is most certainly an art and it's an art we're all continuously learning how to practice. So that's something I have to keep in mind, especially now that our whole lives have like shifted I'm trying to find this new balance right like just because we're stuck at home doesn't mean that all of a sudden we're really good at managing our time like even this episode <laughs> Ariel's so like patient with me I was like running late because in my head I think I have more time than I do because I technically don't have to go anywhere right it's my own house but nah that's not what happens <laughs> um how are you adjusting to that wait how am I adjusting to what I'm sorry like, how are you adjusting to 
you know, like when we were able to leave our houses, we had certain routines that we had, right? That helped us manage our busy lives then. But now that you're home all the time, I think there's this misconception from a lot of people that just because you're home, you're better at, you know, having those routines. But what I've been struggling with is having a new routine that I actually stick to because I take for granted that I'm in my house. So it's going to be easier for me to get everything done, if that makes sense. Like, how are you dealing with that? Is it the same for you? Like, are you just doing everything the same that you were before you left without the commute or or not before you left, sorry, but like before we weren't able to leave our houses or are you like making new routines to kind of help you with this new adjustment, if that makes sense? Oh, yes, it, it definitely does make sense. So beforehand, I was, it was a struggle for me, honestly. Like the first two weeks of quarantine, I was going crazy. I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on? I It took me a while to adjust to like working from home because I hadn't established an official workstation yet. So it was it was hard for me to kind of get in the groove of things. So it was definitely a, a, a huge adjustment for me. Uh, but I decided, um, I still was kind of doing everything the same, like waking up um, at the same time between five and six and kind of just easing into the day. But um, I have started more so like trying to establish uh, morning and night rituals to kind of really get me into a more uh, a steady routine. And it, it has helped kind of ease the... I don't know how to say, but ease the this kind of the struggles that come with staying inside basically like 20, 24 hours in the day. So it's it's been a, it's been a journey, but I have, you know, just been doing whatever just makes my mind and my body feel best. And so that I think that's most important, just really listening to our bodies throughout these times. For sure. That makes so much sense. So is there any other advice that maybe aside from handling your scandal that you want to give to our listeners? Well, that's I mean, I honestly don't feel like I'm in a place to give advice sometimes because I'm still figuring it out myself. But if I must say anything, I almost always be well, because I always have something to say, almost always. (laughs) But I would say Um, You know, put yourself out there and network, network, network. As I mentioned earlier, that's how I got, like, my first job. And so I would say if if you can do it, do it. Surround yourself with greatness, positivity, and only do what aligns with your values. Never settle. That's probably key. And have a growth mindset so that you always strive to be better than you were yesterday. Because every day is a new day to be... I think that's pretty much all I have to say to our listeners today. And I'm sure I could talk more, but I won't. (laughs) No, I super love what you said about growth mindset. I think that that is a, a concept that I barely started learning about once I was already in law school. And I think having a growth mindset is super beneficial for, you know, people in our early, mid, late 20s. Well, it's beneficial for all people, but I feel like at this point in our lives, it's a really good time to learn about a growth mindset. So if y'all don't know what that is, um, I'm gonna just tell you to look it up right now because <laughs> I am yeah, just look that up. Look that up. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to say it wrong, and then people are coming at me, um, or like there's a growth mindset expert, and they're like, "No, you got it wrong." So y'all look it up, do your research, read about it. But it is a super important part of like 
um, handling your scandal, I would say, is having a growth mindset because if you have a fixed mindset, you're never going to be able to handle anything, much less your scandal. (laughs) So, yeah, thank you, Ariel, for... I always want to say coming out. I literally don't know why I always want to say that. But thank you for coming onto the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Um, And, you know, you've always just been such a good friend and inspiration with everything you're doing in the cannabis industry. I could not think of a more perfect person to have on my podcast for 420. So, yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. You're the best, Mara. And thank you so much for holding these spaces for us. Um, it's it's so important, you know, to kind of just bridge the gap for people who aren't in our circles who kind of want to learn more about what we're doing. So it's, it's really great that you do this. So I'm really glad that you're out here handling your scandal and, you know, writing your blogs and all that good stuff. It, it's It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see. So I'm very proud of you for that. So thank you. Thank you. Aw, thank you, Ariel. I really appreciate that. And you're welcome because, you know, it's good for everyone to have a space to speak. But yeah, um, if you're listening to this, happy 420. Well, if you're listening to it on the day that it comes out, happy 420. If you're not, happy whatever day that it is. I hope you have a good rest of your day and make sure to handle your scandal. Yes, have a good one, everyone. Handle your scandal. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody.